podcast is sponsored by tenofthose.com. Tenofthose.com handpick the best Christian books that point to Jesus and sell them at discounted prices. The more you buy, the cheaper they get. I recently enjoyed reading The Life I Now Live by Joelle Kenny. It's a short autobiography, brilliant, honest, unexpected because of how her life starts and then how God ends up being powerfully at work as she moves from urban England out to the jungle in Cambodia. And God amazes her and amazes us as we read the book. Grab a copy for yourself at tenofthose.com. Welcome to Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. My name is Sarah and I live in the UK and this is my sister Felicity and she lives in the US. Hi Felicity. Hi Sarah. Hi everyone. Great to be back again. I can't quite believe we're kind of like in, you know, in the new season. We get to do this, like read the Bible together. Such a joy, isn't it? Um, I've got to tell you, Lidl are doing this crazy line of biscuits right now. And um, <laughs> I think they must have some like deal going on with McVitie's because every week uh, in the last four or five weeks, which is funny because we've not been recording for the last four or five weeks. So I feel like I've been like stacking up the biscuits. <laughs> yeah. Every week they've got a new biscuit come out with McVitie's with a slightly weird uh, kind of slant on it. So this week I've got... Um, a chocolate hobnob, chocolate brownie flavour. Wow. I, mm. I'm a little nervous that you're saying the little range of biscuits because I feel no, no, like no, you've no, had... No, 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 it's McVitie's. McVitie's, though. I've oh. obviously got some kind of deal with Lidl because they're oh. there every week, but a different kind of slant on oh, the chocolate hobnob. Oh, interesting. I thought you were just saying mm. that Lidl are copying McVitie's, which is no, never no, a no. good idea, but... Oh, no, look. Yeah. <laughs> Very McVitie's. good. So what, so what, yeah. what flavour was that one again? This is chocolate brownie flavour, and I would say... I think I'd prefer an actual chocolate brownie. <laughs> well, not much can beat an actual chocolate brownie. I had while well, I was I over at, while I was over in the UK recently, not that recently, whenever it was, November, I had a mince pie digestive. That they were good. Oh, oh, I'm not sure though. Yeah, it's a funny thing, isn't it? So I feel like I'm on this journey and you're gonna see a few of these biscuits <laughs> in the next few weeks because this is what little are offering me. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I brought back with me from the UK a bag of mini jammy dodgers. Oh, be... but they don't have the cream in them. I exactly, which I should have. Yeah. I should have thought we've had this whole debate. I, but yeah. the boys are loving them, and they keep on saying, "Can we have some of those English biscuits?" Every time Rufus picks up a biscuit, he's like, "Is it English or, <laughs> <not>? <laughs> or is he's it got... like a scone?" Yeah, <laughs> he's got the quality <laughs> control. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> So, Felicity, we're getting into John chapter one today, the first kind of half of, well, not even the first half, the first 18 verses. Um, our podcast, we want it to be about driving the word to our hearts. So not just um, studying what it says, but actually wanting it to root it in lived life outside of this 20 minutes. What do you think that looks like for John's gospel? Sorry, that's right. such a big question. <laughs> Three parts, like deep question. <laughs> <laughs> I, in my experience of reading gospels, and and I think I have a temptation to get a bit kind of knowledge heavy and a bit technical about stuff. Mm-hmm. A good question I found to ask myself, and a friend gave me this question. It's just been a lifesaver over the last last couple of years. Is how does this help me to enjoy Jesus? And so I think keeping our focus on the person of Christ 
there's going to be so much interesting stuff in in the midst of John's words. But let us let us keep remembering that this is about the person of Christ. And so therefore, how does this help me to enjoy Jesus? And how does it help me to just capture more of his glory, to, to see mm. how glorious he really is? And I think if we keep coming back to those kind of questions, those are those are heart questions, aren't they? Rather than the kind of what does it say and why does it say that? But actually, how is it impacting me? as I'm reading it and warming my heart or challenging my heart or mm. yeah any and how yeah and how our view of Jesus is growing isn't it because as our view of him grows not just stuff we learn about him but as we kind of well I guess that is involved isn't it as we learn mm. stuff about him but it's as our view grows we will enjoy him more and that will impact how we then live for him and live in light of what we're reading I guess won't it I think that's right, because then as he grows more, then he begins to kind of push out other stuff in our life. Not like that's just the reality of as Jesus yeah. gets bigger, then other things will yeah. fit into place. Should we get on with it then? Um, so <laughs> <laughs> let's read. So do you want to read for us? Yes, I'm going to read John chapter one, verses one to 18. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the father has made him known. Wow, thank you, Christy. Well, what a cracking passage to start with. I mean, this is, so this is John's prologue. It's kind of like the, his intro to the whole gospel, to the whole um, account of Jesus' life. But Felicity, like, where do we even start with this? Because for some, it will be really familiar. It's that kind of familiar Christmas reading that you might get um, in December. But for others, it might not be familiar and it just is full of massive sentences. Where do we start? I know, and I think that's the only thing about it being the prologue is that actually he's basically trying to pack in every theme that has appeared in the next 20 odd chapters. Yeah. So, so uh, that is a huge thing to try and get your head around. And, and in reality, we're not going to be able to just encompass all of that, are we? Especially not in the podcast, but even in as we're just reading on our own, it's going to take several readings to kind of dig down deep into that. I think really we just need to walk through it and mm -hmm. just kind of work out what is actually being said. He writes quite differently, I think, to, if you were to read Mark's gospel or something, he's a bit more kind of poetic, isn't he? The language he uses and, and the mm. concepts. I mean, even just from the very start, 
in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And immediately it's just sounding a bit kind of like mind blowingly. So the word Jesus was there in the beginning, before the beginning, he was God, he is God. Already that's pretty big kind of status claim, <laughs> identity claim as to who who this word is, who Jesus is. Yeah, there's like no messing about there, is there? The first sentence you're like, and it is very kind of echoes of Genesis, isn't it, in terms of in the beginning. And it's it's taking you back not to his birth, it's taking you back to the birth of creation. Mm. And actually it's taking you back to, well, it's, he's kind of using these words, light and darkness and life. And it's so, um, what's it called? <laughs> I haven't got any words. I haven't got any words. Oh, he's got all the words. Contrasting or... Just beautiful, <laughs> but he- heavy and weighty, and yeah. there's no doubt here. Like he's not—he's not trying to pull the wool over our eyes. Like he's like, no, no, he's God. That—that's who he is, and so he was there before anything else. And how extraordinary that then this this word is made flesh. I, yes, exactly that, isn't it? And that's that's kind of where we're heading when we get down towards um, verses 15 through to 18. But just on this, we even just the simple act of just looking at the repeated words helps mm. us to see kind of what's going on with, with, with what we're being told. So as you say, we've got, I love that verse four, and him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And again, those Genesis echoes, God gave life and light mm-hmm. back in Genesis. And it seems that what's being said here is that Jesus's light and Jesus's life is greater even than all of that. Because it, and wonderfully, that's so true because the world as made from Genesis right through to the point that Jesus arrives is not looking very light, is it? There's a lot of darkness mm. and yeah. life maybe just seems to be in a bit in jeopardy. Like who could ever make it through the deserved judgment? Who's going to not be a sinner? Like that kind of thing. Mm. It feels like then as the word is described here, this is this is light. This is life. This is refreshing reality for all mankind. And, and that just, wow, completeness of who Jesus is. And it is wow, isn't it? Because then you start to get the kind of, well, you get very clearly John goes on to say that um, there's a man from God whose name was John as well, but he just came as a witness. So that's John the Baptist and very clearly says he was not the light, just pointed mm. to him. Um, and then it goes on to describe the world, doesn't it? And actually nat- like the world's natural response is they didn't recognise Jesus. They did not want him. Um, and that just like highlights, doesn't it? The kind of, there is no one who can possibly claim the title of the true light yeah. <laughs> in the world that Jesus is the only one who could ever possibly be that because everyone else our natural response is not to want the light and is not what not to accept him and I think that's that was what really struck me reading this through is that we've got these kind of responses to Jesus and that's the, kind of the natural response is to kind of disregard him And yet what's given to people, that kind of repeated words again of receive, receive, believed in, gave, he gives, is given by God. And the right Mm. to become children of God becomes because of God's grace in Jesus. So it's nothing that we can do. It's all that has been given to us in Christ. And that's so true when we come back to the idea of light and darkness. Like when you're dark, when you're in the dark, unless someone gives you a light, you've got no way out of that darkness. And I I love that, the reality. I I think it's a good expectation setter of what Mm. the world is like, of what we 
naturally are like we need God to enter into our situation. And actually, then as we're thinking about this, as you read these words, it seems so obvious, doesn't it? Jesus is this person who has been talked about here. But the world is not going to agree with that. There is going to be a rejection of Jesus as we look around us, as we think of our unbelieving friends and family and, and whoever. And, and that's just a, I think that's a helpful thing, a sort of reality check. As we're blown away by this, actually, that's not the case for, yeah. for many people. Yeah, absolutely. But it is extraordinary, isn't it? As you read on, you see these, just just the description of him, full of grace and truth. And out of his fullness, further on down in verse 16, we've all received grace upon grace. Grace in place of grace already given. Mm. Just, ah, wonderful, isn't it? To realise afresh the good news of grace. Yeah. (laughs) And he starts with it at the beginning of his letter, because that's what kind of permeates through the whole letter. It's not a letter, sorry, the account of Jesus' life, because Jesus is full of grace. Out of his fullness, you see grace upon grace. Like, what an extraordinary phrase. Mm. I, I, I mean, I was interested. I don't think I've really properly noticed this before in verse 16. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And the idea, God has been graciously dealing with his people from the beginning of time. But the grace that we have in Jesus surpasses mm. the grace that was given before. The law was a kind of a safeguard, wasn't it? We see that in other parts of the Bible. But here we have Jesus himself full of grace and truth. And again, if it, like just that really simple tool of just looking at repetition, this idea of truth and it being revealed and it being made mm. known and John the Baptist witnessing to it and testifying about him. And, and everything about this is pointing to Jesus and saying, look, he is made known. And that very last verse there, verse 18, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God and is in the close relationship with the Father has made him known. And the reality of that revelation and the kind of concreteness of that, I, I, that is so reassuring to me. I, I mm. love that he really has been made known. We're like, there's no guesswork here. This is God himself coming. And we've- yeah, this is God himself. And we've got the testimony about him written down for us now. And John is making sure that we know that. And that's just really reassuring again, isn't it, as well? Mm-hmm. And then when you come back to John's kind of purpose verse, you know, that one we talked about in the last episode, the, mm-hmm. uh, I've forgotten the number, 20 verse 20, 31. 2031. And he says, that's why he's telling us this stuff, isn't he? Yeah. Well, that's why we hear this, so that we may believe and that just that just that reality of like it's really kind of obvious, but as we read the revelation, as we see it, so we believe in his name, like verse 12 here, like the receiving and the believing. Mm. So we have life. Like this is the way. <laughs> yeah. This is the way to life. And I don't know. So there's so there's there's just so much here, isn't it? And you like as we've been saying, you can really dwell on any of these verses deeply and get so much from it. But and I guess that's what we've kind of wanting to do, isn't it? As we drive this to our hearts, is actually thinking, right, what's one thing today that I can think on more, pray through more and think through? But what's it been like for you to do that? Have you done that? I mean, what? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> what, what's gone through your heart right now? Well, well right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Pressure. <laughs> I, do, I do think that one of the things that's really struck me as I've been in these verses is, is the certainty of, of the revelation. And just 
the, the being the made known there's no kind of if you look at it this way or like it might be that it looks like this or there's no kind of hesitation about it it's like this is god himself come to dwell with us come to be with us to reveal his glory and his grace and his truth and i for my heart I think that's something that I have known and that I can I could explain that to other people. But mm-hmm. functionally, do I live like this is the revealed truth? Like that I feel like sometimes I, I look elsewhere. I, I'm just looking for hope or even looking for light from other things. Or um I think this has challenged me to come back to the revelation. Like what yeah. we see here, this is it. Like take a good long don't leave it kind of look yeah and that, that's a challenge what about you yeah, where's your sure. heart been yeah I think I've been dwelling on the reality of light into the darkness um and just thinking through well the two big areas of darkness I guess in life are sin and suffering aren't they mm. and so actually what does it look like to believe that Jesus is the true light and that his light is what I need I need his light to expose my sin and I need his light to help me see my suffering in view of his mercy and to see it well um, and to see it with a believing heart, if that makes sense. And Mm. I think just, just, yeah, I think I've been just dwelling on the fact that he's the light and what does the light do? A light exposes, it drives out, um, it warms, it brings revelation and knowledge, as you say, um, and ultimately, his light shines grace into our hearts, doesn't it? Because it, he gives us what we need. He helps us to see clearly. Mm. Um, and that is a gift. And I want to see more clearly. And I want his light to be the light that does that. Rather than, as you say, looking for other places, for other uh, revelations or other lights or other hope. Like, this is it. John so clearly sets it out from the beginning that he he is where light is found. And ultimately, that is a good and grace-filled light. So move towards it, not hide away from it. Um, so that's, I think that's yeah. yeah, that's where I've been sitting this week in him. That's so helpful. So, so saying that the as we look at life, our sin and our suffering as a part of that, in the light mm. of Jesus, then we see it with grace and truth in there as well, which is a hopeful thing as yeah. well, isn't it? Like it's an exposing yeah. thing, but it it pushes us towards the hope as well. And that is, we see that a bit later on in the gospel, don't we? As people sort of shy away from the dark, from the light, but then also run towards the light as well. And those two Mm. kind of conflicting things. I I was, um, we've been reading a book with our boys over the last few weeks and there's a brilliant illustration in there. It's a Patricia Sinjin book called uh, uh, Treasures of the Snow. And um, she talks about the grandma is talking to a little girl and she's saying, we don't, when we wake up in the morning, we don't, we don't shoo out the darkness. We don't kind of persuade it to go. We don't kind of Mm. take our broom and brush it out. We welcome the light in. We receive the light. We open the curtains. We open the shutters. And that's been such a good little reminder for me of this reality that as we welcome Jesus in and receive him and believe in his name and trust in his grace and truth, so the darkness is is banished and we we live in the light and the life. It's just... mind-blowingly will you pray for us Fisty? absolutely heavenly father we praise you so much that you make jesus known that you give us light and life for all mankind 
And we're sorry when we look elsewhere, when we just get caught up in the darkness and, and look for other lights. And Father, we pray that as we're digging into John's gospel, would you give us real clarity of vision? Would we have a bigger and bigger view of Jesus and his glory? We pray that be, we'd be those who are running towards the light, those who are eager to receive Jesus, and that we might be those of life and light for your glory. Amen. Amen. So good to be back in the Word, isn't it? And just dwell, starting to dwell deeply on these things. Oh, what a gift of time, yeah. Felicity. Um, it's rich, isn't it? Rich It's so stuff. rich. It's so good. Yeah. Um, do check out our show notes. We've got questions um, to go with a cup of tea over there, and that will just help you if you're meeting up with a friend, another sister in Christ. Um, and we would love any reviews. Um, if you're able to write us a review wherever you listen to podcasts, that just helps to get the word out that we've got a new season and that we'd love um, people to be enjoying this as much as we are. Um, is there anything else, Listy? Uh, no, sign up to the newsletter if you haven't already. And why not, you know, not just write a review, but but tell people about it. Just, you know, yeah. <laughs> even through the masks, just, just, just say it. Like, check out this podcast. <laughs> It'll be helpful to you. We hope helpful because we're in the word and we're dwelling on the light. So. Absolutely. Joy. All right. See you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. It's sponsored by 10ofthose.com. Check them out for great discounted resources that point to